All right, welcome back, my extraordinary beings. I am your host, Caleb Nelson, on this beautiful episode of Naked Sunday with the beautiful, the lovely, the fantastic, my dear friend, Caleb Van Egdom. I love you. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Thank you for having me on the podcast. I am so excited to be here. <laughs> We've been building a, just a great friendship for a long time. And if you've been following along the podcast, you know, I like to start my episodes with why I appreciate my guest. And we just had a chat here a minute ago before I even push record. What I really lo love and appreciate about you is your, your integrity and holding space and valuing people. That was really like, I've, everything I've known for maybe six months, eight months, a year at this point that we've known each other now. Mm -hmm. For you, it's always been about doing the right thing. And you talked about commitment. I don't think I've ever shared this. The reason why, like the first reason why I like knew my wife was good for me was loyalty. She goes through the darkness. She goes to do the right thing because it's the right thing, not because of anything else, but just because it's the right thing. And you talking about how you want to honor your commitments and you follow through on it. I've watched a lot of people not follow through. They say, ah, I'm all about this and that. And then they like, the moment of truth comes, they're not there. And you do it. You're a person of your word. And I value that because, you know, pieces of paper, pieces of paper. When you follow through like that, you're awesome. So thank you for just being you. Because everything that about all of that says, I think anybody who listens to that, hopefully can, who like really appreciates what that means, gets like that, that extrapolates into so many places in your life. And I mean, I've seen it. I've seen it in all levels of your life. I don't know. I'm just gushing over you now. And the kids are fantastic. And I'm just excited about talking with you. So thank you for being that. I'll try to stop blushing and uh, <laughs> dive into a conversation with you. <laughs> You're awesome. Well, Kayla, you know this. You know yourself better than I. Share with the audience. Who are you? That is quite the question. And I know I ask it on my podcast too. So I'll do my best. I am a author, I am a podcaster, I love being creative, I am a personal trainer slash health coach turned health coach slash energy guide slash spiritual mentor, and I am like a very devoted and committed fiance to the best man ever. Um, I build doors two days a week, which I'm in love with. And I think that's me in a nutshell. And, you know, Caleb spoke to some of my finer qualities, very graciously not talking about the less finer qualities. That was <laughs> super nice. <laughs> you cracked me up. You just, oh, you're awesome. I love, I, I love that. I like that you started with author, actually. That's a, that was a fun one for you to start with. I haven't anybody start with author lately. I would even go so far. You're the author of your own life. That could be a whole nother bit in and all of itself. Take, take us on the journey so we can get people to know maybe some more of the intricacies of Kayla. How did we get to this place where all those, that melange of beautiful titles, how did we get to all of those things? Well, I think author came to me first because A, ever since I was, six, seven years old, I knew I wanted to be a writer. Mm -hmm. And I started writing stories as a child. I had a pretty troubling childhood. So writing was honestly my solace. I remember back in probably grade seven, I wrote this entire like 200 page tome. Um, this is kind of embarrassing, but I don't know if you're familiar with the show Breaker High. It, no. it used to be where, um, okay, so Ryan Gosling got his start on that show. Really? And yeah, and he was just like this cute little boy, and I had the biggest crush on him even back then. So I wrote this entire 200-page story about how Ryan Gosling came to my hometown because the high school was on a boat, and he saved me from my terrible family life, and then I went on the boat with him, and we had all these adventures. Like 200 pages of that as like a 12-year-old child. <laughs> so writing has always been that therapy, that solace, that escapism mm. for me for a lot of my life. And got my degree in English in university, 
because I kind of was in that time of the world, or maybe it was just my high school where they told you, get a degree, any degree, you'll get a great job. Not so much the case. You really want your degree to have something to do with what you want to do. And I knew I wanted to be a writer. And unless you are like a crazy struck by lightning person in your very early years, it takes a while to become a writer that can sustain themselves off that. And I also really struggled with my health, my weight, with binge eating ever since childhood. And what happened in my early 20s is that I started to exercise regularly and that became another mode of therapy for me. Mm. And I lost weight, felt better about myself. I had a different way to manage my emotions that wasn't food. And it was such a game changer for me that I knew, okay, I want to help other people with this as well. So I became a certified personal trainer, ended up at my last personal training job completely unexpectedly. It was honestly wild how it happened. I had just moved to a new town. I was building windows, not doors at the time. I just have a love of building parts of houses, I guess. But I was at this window building place and they had slowed down a lot. So they were only doing part-time hours instead of full-time. And I was like, I need to pay my bills. So this other personal training job popped up on Craigslist, applied for it. I got it. And um, I ended up going there and it turned into a full-time opportunity instead. So I was able to just start working there right off the bat. And at that time, I was still, still had a lot of healing to do. So what actually happened when I got that personal training job was I went into this mode of perfectionism. So now I have a personal training job. Now I need to lead by example. Now I need to do everything perfectly. And that self-imposed pressure combined with being a real introvert and struggling to talk to people all day long. Like I was Googling, how do you keep conversations afloat when you suck at it to, to like figure <laughs> out how am I going to get through these personal training sessions? <laughs> Kayla, you need to have a group called Introverts Anonymous. I think that that would be... <laughs> so... Nobody's going to talk. They're all just going to sit there and like read their books, but we're like together and it's going to be so nice. I can you... see it. You know how many introverts are just like, oh my God, that sounds like Nirvana. I have the perception of being close if I want it, but I could just do my own. Oh my God. You know what? That's a little <laughs> bit of Nirvana for me right there. Like I'm good on me, but you're there. Like, cool. Oh my God. That was, <laughs> sorry. I had to interject on that one. Yeah. So that was, that was the, the very real struggles and just a lot of unhealed wounds that I hadn't dealt with. So I started to binge eat a lot when I got that job. And then there was the added pressure of now you are so out of alignment as a health coach. Uh, gained back probably 30 pounds and kept waiting to get fired, kept waiting for someone to say something. No one did because it was a, it's a wonderful place to work, was a wonderful place to work. My employers were amazing, so they never said anything, but I felt it and I was in this chronic stress response. And I knew like I, there was more work to do, which led me to work with the Institute for the Psychology of Eating. Mm. And their work is so powerful because it combines mind, body, science, as well as the spiritual journey a person needs to go on. One of the biggest things I got from them is that when you evolve personally, you evolve spiritually. Mm. And I know you talk about that all the time, like all growth is spiritual growth. And that was something that really resonated with me and something that I continued to drop deeper into, especially when I got to 2019, I realized like, I'm still struggling with this. I'm the heaviest I've ever been. I went back up to my heaviest weight again in July of 2019. If I don't start to change who I am and the specific habits I'm doing and the specific ways I view life and myself it's never going to change. 
So I started going really deep into work around my emotions. And I started coaching myself through my emotions every single day, mm. even if they were just little emotions, like, man, my coworker just annoyed me for that little thing. Like I would coach myself on all the little things. So when the big things came up, I could handle them. And. Whoa, that's worth pausing there for a second. That's worth pausing. I think what you just said there was so important for anybody who's listening. Mm -hmm. Practicing the small things was preparing you for the big things. Think about how that translates in all of life. Yes. And wow. That that's been one of the like key takeaways I have always had. And that's something that I if people get one thing out of this other than like join an introvert group because that is is there's no amount of practicing that's too small or not worthwhile because if we just wait until our stress, our emotions are way up here. And then we start to try and like use practices like meditation, journaling, whatever. It's like, we're picking up a 500 pound dumbbell and squatting it when we haven't even squatted body weight squats. There's so no that amount. is. Wow. Um, hold on. I'm writing down that quote. There's no amount of practice that is too small. Kayla with the mic drops today, girl, like, yo, that might be the, that might be the title of this, this episode because, and I apologize for interjecting here, like, but what you're saying is I think so many people is like, if it's not this, like uh, the post about I lost 50 pounds today, that it was meaningless. Mm-hmm. You're just like literally taking and saying, no, go the almost the exact opposite direction. But you'll get all of that other stuff at the same time. I oh, what a I'm I'm stealing that and I'm borrowing it. I'm bar stealing it and borrowing. Listen to this. this Kim trying to like bolster my own thing. Wow. Take us down a little more of this because that is so big. Like and within your own journey, like it sounds like it's been so transformative. Yeah. So I, I believe that I started that in December of 2019 and I did it consistently day after day after day. And then the pandemic hit and the pandemic hit in March of 2020. I was actually going to be marrying my female partner of five years in May of that year. Mm-hmm. The pandemic hits, everybody goes into lockdown I was like, okay, we're stuck at home. I'm going to use these tools. I have these emotion coaching tools. And I was able to keep my emotions actually quite regulated. And I was able to see what was still okay about the situation, what was safe. We had like really good weather at the time. So we could go for walks. My employer did an amazing job shifting the personal training studio to online. We had so many amazing clients that continued to support the business during the lockdown with these online programs, even though it wasn't their ideal, like they didn't sign up to work from home. Mm. They still did it because they're amazing. So all this was happening. And at the same time, my partner and I were at home together much more often. Mm. We didn't spend a lot of time together before then because our schedules were so different. And I just started to feel a lot of like, unrest about the relationship and it wasn't completely novel there had been times where I thought maybe this isn't the right relationship for me in the past and then I always assumed well I have relationship issues I am a commitment phobe which is crazy since you just celebrated me for my uh, commitment (laughs) at the beginning here but I I struggled to be in long-term relationships I'm like it's probably just cold feet but then that pandemic hit and we canceled the big wedding. And I said, Hey, let's just get our officiant out here, get two witnesses, do it outside, almost get it over with. That was sort of like my feelings about it. Mm. And then right around that time I had this dream and I was driving in a car and I went through a red light. I drove through a red light and a camera flashed like a red light camera. And I remember thinking in that dream, oh my goodness, you are going to pay for that later. And I woke up and I knew exactly what that dream was about. Whoa. Whoa. You're gonna pay for that later. 
if I may, I want to just step in and acknowledge a couple of things there. Mm -hmm. It sounds like your change here, if, if we're going to commend you for commitment, it actually sounds like it's more of a commitment to the truth of yourself. Because a lot of times people will be, oh, but you left this one thing. Well, if it wasn't in alignment with your values, why would you stay with that? Because it's not the pursuit of the of oneself. Because if you're not in the good relationship with yourself, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. But what it was really interesting, if we're talking about what you just said, there is no amount of practice too small. You were doing all these little small, quote unquote, exercises before the pandemic. Small things, daily things, physical things, seemingly innocuous. What I heard was you actually were deeply prepared for a big thing, a couple big things, like a global outbreak of whatever, whatever a lot of people call it, I deal with that. I'm not going to go too far into it. But then also the big deal of, of a relationship shift. You built the well, filled the well, and you knew how to handle the, you had something to pull from when that moment came. Ooh, the fact that you can't even acknowledge or be aware of like, if you run this red light, you're going to pay for it later. I don't think if you had the, 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 the foundation underneath you from all that small, <laughs> but massive work. Ooh, sorry. I just wanted to step in there and just bring that out. Cause that's what I heard. This like you literally practically taking all of your small experiences and you were ready when the moment, when the moment called and you're like, here's my shot. And it's very clear you pivoted. Wow. Please continue. This is. Hmm. And oh that's something that you're absolutely right. I found the more consistently and the more deeply I do the work, because you can, you can journal and kind of go through the emotions and rush through it. But if you really like drop in, I get so much more out of my dreams every night. And that's just that deeper connection to self and to what's really going on below the surface. So I had that dream and then I like went out for a run and I was just thinking about how much I didn't want to be in this relationship. And the other thing that was going on was like, I had developed feelings for someone else who was a, a man, I hadn't been with a man in like eight years. I was determined to never be with a man again at one point. Mm. B, it was a client. So then there's that shame of like, this is so unprofessional. What's wrong with you? And then see, he was also grieving his wife who he had lost the September before. So then I'm like, who are you to like have feelings for this man when he's grieving? Like you are so wrong on so many levels. That's, that's was sort of like the surface intellectual feeling, but deeper underneath, I'm like, this is such a good man. And we obviously don't have a romantic connection, but there's something here and it's the realest most unselfish love I've ever felt for anyone aside from all the you know surface stuff so I was on this run and at the end of the run I just started crying and I went inside and I thought to myself if you don't figure out a resolution to this now the you in five years is going to be kicking you that's here right now they are going to be so mad at you and I I saw this because I hope my parents don't listen to this podcast they probably will <laughs> but um like I watched my mom have this ambivalence and this wanting out of the relationship with my dad for most of my childhood mm -hmm. off and on and I watched that and she just always talked about it and never really did it and that has among other things created a deep unhappiness and a sense of being trapped for her and I knew that that was a generational pattern I could continue very easily if I wasn't careful so I had that like epiphany when my partner got home, I shared with her how I was feeling. I shared with her, you know, all the things and, and how we did have goals that were very out of alignment and we didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. And then I also admitted because I wanted her to have all of the information. I also do have feelings for someone else, mm -hmm. not feelings I've acted on, but they are there. Mm -hmm. Had that conversation with her. I was met with resistance because she was very invested in the relationship and 
said that she was blindsided by all this, which is, which is something I've learned is that I was not the ideal partner for her either. I didn't communicate well. I held stuff inside. I didn't make my needs known. And I was checked out and like numbed out on food for a lot of that relationship. So there is nothing that was wrong with her. It was just a misaligned relationship. If I didn't think you were awesome before, brought it to an 11 now, like, and I, what I appreciate and what you're sharing there, especially at the end is taking ownership of where you failed in a relationship because you could easily be like, oh, well, I was met with resistance. Well, fuck them. Well, if we didn't communicate, did we even give them a chance to also have an out? And I, I would respect about that is owning up to our own parts in the thing. Hey, I didn't know, or I didn't, I wasn't clear. Or I, and sometimes we just don't know and it is what it is. And sometimes enough time has to pass for both sides to fully heal from that moment of pain. Mm-hmm. But man, it takes a lot of courage to still be like, hey, I'm going to face this person. I'm going to tell them, even if it's going to hurt, because as you said, you're going to pay for that later. Oh, I can only imagine, like, if you just keep going through it, then you check out in a relationship and it just snowballs and snowballs. And so, what could the damage have become? Hmm. Hmm. So, where did this take you from there? Believe it or not, I was getting all kinds of like signs from the universe, my opinion. Um, so I had that conversation with her on, I think, a Saturday. The Sunday morning after that, I went to the grocery store mm. and you will not believe who I ran into. <laughs> no way. <laughs> my now fiance, that client. Um, and of course, I went home to my girlfriends and I'm like, because I'm sharing this with them all on Facebook Messenger. I'm like, you guys, I ran into him at the grocery store it's clearly a sign we're meant to be together like you know because Kayla goes there and she's a little dramatic Um, (laughs) and of course two of my friends are like oh my goodness that's amazing and I have this one friend who's like the voice of reason who was trying to reel me back in in case I was self-sabotaging and she's like maybe the universe is testing your commitment to your partner I was like no that's not it (laughs) um so that happened and then another all of it actually worked out I think beautifully in both me and my partner's favor because her dream had always been to buy her own home she moved in with me I had bought this home years prior she never felt like it was hers because she hadn't bought it and she wanted us to buy a house or a townhouse together I had resistance to that because I had a super affordable mortgage here I really value keeping your cost of living as low as possible unless you really have to change it And, um, so when I started talking about wanting to leave the relationship, she was like, fine, then I'm going to go start looking for houses and you can come with me or not. And it almost felt like I was being a little bit pressured to buy a home with her. Almost like, you know, when couples sometimes have a baby to fix the relationship, it was kind of like, oh, we just get a bigger place where we have more space. We'll fix the relationship. It felt like that. And I knew that if that happened, I would be like even more like not trapped, but more stuck than I was at this point in time Mm. and she started talking to her parents about all this about wanting to buy a home and what happened was they said that they would not help her buy the home if my name was on the title because of the trouble we'd been having in our relationship and she's like it's okay you can still move in and just be a renter and it felt like my my freedoms were potentially being like ripped away from me and I didn't fault her parents for that like that's their money they worked for and I didn't want to like take anything from them if we were to part ways later like I respected that and it also gave me the opportunity to tell her your biggest dream is to have this home I can't be the reason you don't get it because your parents won't help you so we parted ways very amicably and she was able to buy this beautiful townhouse Um, just like her dream home and she did that before the market went like completely insane a little while later and that was the end of that and then it it there was such a peace from that when it all ended so wow 
Well, what I hope people can take from that is even through discomfort and frustrating conversations. And obviously there's a lot, there's a lot of intertwined there. People think like you're going to make one decision. It's like, that's the only thing that's going on. Nope. It affects all aspects of your life. But if you can still say you're hoping to endeavor to, I don't want to call it end of relationship because it's just changing the nature of the relationship. You're changing the definition and the ground rules of inter, like interaction. It can change. And sometimes we just didn't know that that's the way it needed to go in the beginning. Because how do you know? You're feeling all these things. And sometimes things are a little convoluted because you're feeling all the stuff and it's maybe not grounded because you want to keep the feeling alive because it feels so good. Um, but it's still possible to come back to a place of love and admiration just with maybe a different title, with different, a different operating agreement, with a different whatever it's going to mean after that. So I'm really happy for that. And I would go so far as to say, like, if, if you weren't endeavoring to ground yourself with all those other things, again, this idea of doing the small things before the big thing, like how could you have handled all that amidst also the other chaos, quote unquote, that was going on in the world? How could you stay focused on this and stay as objective as possible when it's not just your life you're holding here? Now you're talking about other familial obligations and money and things like that. And another partner who you're also thinking about their long-term goals and aspirations. We can get so caught up and then right now I feel a certain way and like it's controlling me and trapping me and da 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 but if you just zoom out and go like, well, what do I really want? Well, I want this person to still be happy. Just like you said, your goal is to do this. I'm not going to be the one to stand in your way. Please do it. That's awesome. It sounds like you're really excited for her now where she has this thing, which is really cool. And you can celebrate her for that. And I don't know where your relationship stands now. If you talk or whatever that is, but um, wow, it's really cool to hear. I think so many people just be like, it's all or nothing on or off. It could just change. And that's also okay. And it doesn't also have to take that long. It doesn't have to be like, well, we got to wait 10 years before we the anger subsides. There's grief no matter what, because it's the changing of an idea, but it could just be like, oh, cool. Like we're adults. You're doing your thing now. Cool. I'm doing my thing. How do I support you in this way now? Really commend you for that. Cause that's not easy. It's not easy. Relationships clearly can get messy if not tamed. So we don't, well, if we don't tame our own emotions and ground ourselves appropriately, but all the other work you're talking about really sounds like it set a great stage and tone for how you are going to approach the next phase of your life. So, hmm. all right, so let's keep going. Keep, keep me on the journey. Keep me on the journey, Kayla. I'm loving where it's going. Yeah. yeah. So um, now we get to like the fairy tale romance sort of hey. part of the whole thing. <laughs> um, yeah, so with the client, obviously, like, he was my client, so there was a, a care and a delicacy, especially with him grieving, that still needed to occur, so um, he was training for this big hike he was going on, and uh, he wanted someone to go hiking with him, so I threw my hat in the ring with no ulterior motives <laughs> and uh yeah we started hiking together and that was in July and just continued to like get closer and bond and it just felt really natural and we never ran out of things to talk about and we got closer and um like an actual friendship developed <laughs> yeah and then it got to a point in early September where we were still hiking together. And I don't know if you want to hear about how he was kind of a jerk and toyed with me on the day that <laughs> um, we confessed our feelings for each other. It's actually a really kind of a funny story. Hey, this is your show. Let's go. Whatever brings joy to you right now. Whatever is going to help you and the rest of the world here. Okay, so we're on this hike and I... I, I, you might have learned this about me. I think I'm subtle, but really I'm not that subtle. <laughs> <laughs> and at this point in time, like Chris has figured out, okay, she's asking me a lot of questions that seem personal. I don't know what exactly I asked him. I think I asked him, oh, how do you think your son would feel if you were to start dating again at some point? You know, questions that aren't very subtle. 
so he started to catch on like I think that this woman actually might have a thing for me so he told me he wanted to start working on goals both personal and professional mm. not, not professional uh fitness goals and personal goals we talked about his fitness goals then I said okay well what about your personal goals and he said I don't think I'm ready for anything serious with a relationship yet but I think I might like to start dating, just going out for a dinner here or there, seeing how that goes. And I'm just like, heart drops to my feet. I'm like, he thinks I'm going to be his dating coach now. Does he actually have no idea? So being the subtle person that I am, I say, oh, and is there someone in your life right now that you would like to take to dinner? Um, and he's like, no, I don't think so, because all of my friends were friends with my wife, and I need to date outside of that circle. I said, so there's no one outside of your friend's group of, outside of your friend's wife's group of friends that you might like to take for dinner that didn't even know your wife. Maybe they never even met your wife, right? Like, so subtle. <laughs> and he's like, no, I can't think of anything. And I go, okay, so it's quite possible that there's someone in your life that wasn't friends with your wife that might love to go for dinner with you and you can't think of them right now. And he's like, yeah, I just don't notice when people have feelings for me. And I went, well, that's tough because maybe this person can't exactly come right out and tell you how they feel because it's complicated. And then, <laughs> then he goes, oh, it's always complicated, isn't it? And he just laughed. I'm like, okay, nobody is this clueless. He's clearly not interested. And he's trying to like brush me off. That's fine. So I just started pouting and didn't talk for like five minutes as we're stomping down the mountain. <laughs> and then finally he turns around to me and he said, what about you? Are you thinking that you might like to start dating sometime soon? And I totally clam up and I start stammering. And I go, I don't know how to answer that question. And finally, I say, okay, if I answer this truthfully and say something that's out of line, can you please just forget I ever said anything? And he said, yes. So I did this like big, long-winded Kayla speech, something along the lines of, well, I do have feelings for someone, but they've been through a lot. And I just want to make sure that I'm not overstepping a boundary and disrespecting their grieving process. Also, they're a little bit older, so maybe they just think I'm a dumb kid with a Pokemon tattoo. And then I also don't wanna jeopardize the current relationship that I have with them or make them uncomfortable. So that's what's happening. And then he goes on to say like, you didn't make me uncomfortable and I'd be lying if I didn't feel something too. And we were dating like officially, about a month later and um, engaged as of Canada Day of this year, moving in together at the end of this month. And I didn't even realize relationships could be this good. It's just such a delight. Well, having met, well, virtually met him. He's an awesome guy. I felt, <laughs> you're gonna have to be able to share the proposal day stuff because that was fun. Um, <laughs> I got to, and I play a role in, unbeknownst to me in this, <laughs> but I laugh anytime. Like, isn't it crazy how, isn't it wild to me how feelings of wanting to be connected to somebody make us go back to this, like, like grade school kind of like, we could be mature adults on all things in our life, but it just like brings us to our knees. I think there's something acknowledging worth acknowledging in all that that we'll call it love is so deeply powerful it transcends logic it tra like it's because we're it it may, it's this interesting milieu that you can't really always put a finger on you know like, i don't know mm -hmm. let's get let's get the proposal thing because i just think it's funny because i think i got the first or second message afterwards so like <laughs> All right, so this is a story as well. Um, I love this, this is so funny to me. All right, so I had to take a year off of health coaching 
um, to honor my non-compete clause in my last job, which is totally fine. Like that's standard operating procedure. That was set to come off at the end of August. So Chris and I had talked a few times about what our hopes were for moving in and all those types of things. And he said that we would have been moved in like forever ago, but he wanted to like be respectful to his son, take things slow. And I said, that totally makes sense. And we talked about potentially having me moved in like sometime before that end of August mark, just so that then like there would be less of a financial pressure when I did launch my business, um, all those things. So then I talked to him about this in mid-June and I mentioned, hey, it's mid-June. Like, I don't want to pressure you. That's not my intention. I just need to know like what's happening with like maybe moving in with me selling my condo like do I need to make other plans if that's not the right time because you know I still do want to launch the business at this time and he tells me this totally made-up story about how he had talked to Jake and that's his son and he had talked to his son and his son was really unhappy and like not ready for me to move in and he shouldn't have done it right around mother's day like he did but now he's been scared to talk to his son again about it um so i was like okay well that's really good to know i'm happy that you told me after letting me stew in my stress for another month <laughs> um so i said like i understand like i don't want your son to feel rushed i don't want you to feel rushed i'm happy to wait and at first I was like, I guess I'll just keep building doors for months on end. Cause it was nighttime and I turn into like a baby at nighttime. I have like powerful, like warrior queen Kayla in the morning. And then by like 5 PM, I'm like under a blanket. Like I can't do anything. I just want to hide forever. It's <laughs> a very interesting, like downward shift as the day progresses. So it's good. We're doing this in the morning. Uh, but then, you know, morning comes, I'm like, no, I'm still going to launch my business. I might have to do it a little differently. And I was like coming up with these other strategies. I was talking to you about those things. And Chris and I were doing a coaching session together about it. I'm like, so this is what happened. His son's not ready. It's not the right time, but I'm still going to launch my business. Like, let's make a plan. And we had this whole plan in place. And that was, was that the same day? Was that July 1st? Was it the same? Yes. It was the was it? exact so. same day. We just got off a call. We were to all three right. of us, all three of us were talking and I was talking to him. And now looking back, like I'm like, I'm remembering his face on the conversation and we're going through stuff. And I'm now I'm like, oh, did I completely miss just like some deadpan, like him keeping it like super straight faced? How the hell is he trying to keep this shit together? Oh, right. And then I, and then I forgot that other part. So, um, so we, we had this conversation in mid-June. In mid-May, right after Mother's Day, I had kind of brought it up again, saying, hey, I'm just starting to feel a little bit of uncertainty about like the future. Like I just, I, 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 I like to know what's happening and I need to make a backup plan if needed. And he said, don't worry, I do still want to live with you. I am excited about our future. And at that time I thought, so then I started to think in mid-June, okay, he talked to Jake on Mother's Day. I talked to him four days later and he didn't mention that conversation until a month later so then I'm Kayla I'm getting a little mad and <laughs> I'm talking to my best friend on a video chat and I'm like telling her that he made me suffer for an entire extra month and it wasn't necessary and why didn't he just communicate sooner about this imaginary conversation that never happened I'm like crying and meanwhile he's been talking to my best friend planning my engagement she's like Okay, but listen, please don't be too mad at him because without saying too much, like he's been talking to me and something's about to happen. So, so I'm like, oh. And then I started to put some pieces together because he had gotten my other best friend to text me about all of us going on a hike together on Sunday that week. So I'm like, oh, I wonder if he's going to propose on Sunday after all that like stuff. And then I also had lunch with my other friend. He just had like spies everywhere. And I'm telling my other friend at lunch, the whole thing that had happened, explained what my other best friend had said in the morning. Um, she lives in Nova Scotia, that'll be important in a second. But my other friend that I was having lunch with knew Chris was planning this proposal also. So after that lunch with her, she calls Chris and she's like, you can't trust Nova Scotia. You need to make another plan. 
So instead of proposing to me on Sunday, he did it on that Friday when we had our coaching session. And it was still a surprise and it was super sweet. And um, yeah, it just turned into like a really interesting comedy of errors at the end. I get a picture from you what maybe an, maybe an hour I don't even remember how long after it was very quickly thereafter yeah. <laughs> I'm after I wish I had the word set up right now but like so yeah about, about half the things we cover on that I guess don't matter anymore because look what this and there's the picture of your hand with the ring on it. I'm like losing my mind that was one of my that's one of my all-time favorite coaching moments ever ever and I did I wish I knew what was going on because that would have actually, no, I love that. I didn't know because that makes it even more hilarious. That was amazing. <laughs> that was just truly amazing. You know, what it makes me think about. So my wife, my wife thought I was cheating on her before I proposed to her oh because like God. I went through like this emotional spectrum. She got all wound up. So you're talking about like, but maybe this is not the, and then da, 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 da. I was like, oh man, I've seen that pattern before. Like, <laughs> I know exactly. <laughs> meanwhile I was trying to plan some elaborate proposal the same thing I'm like oh my guy he understands he gets this it's so hard it's so hard to pull off I don't know if you're the same way my wife is very nosy very nosy she likes to know everything she's all over the place so like it's not easy to pull off surprises when you do want to actually pull one off because you're looking suspicious and you're trying to do this and then so anyway it's a hell of a story. I mean, that's got to be in your your autobiography because I know you you've done some writing. Let's let so in your professional life you've done some writing and now you do this coaching and you're doing all this stuff. Like, tell us like the inspirations behind all of it because it's obviously so deeply like it's all of you. But share us like the pieces of this, like the writing piece. Yeah, you talked about your story growing up. Like this was kind of your way to continue like to 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 put your thoughts on paper to process to keep going to grow through things and you mentioned you know food became a crutch for a while and you were buried you said that when you, like in a relationship you were kind of numbed out on food okay well putting a book together is is a symbol and coaching it's a symbol take us through this that, that kind of like where we're at now with that yeah so what i found is a path through emotional eating, low self-worth, a lack of connection to self. I think that's the biggest thing. I found the best tools and they're, they're tools that you need to make work for you. They, they're not like a, this is Kayla's way, so do it that way. It's, it's an exploration and it's a framework where there's these three key skills that I built that I've helped others build that will not only help you with your health, your fitness, but they will change every area of your life. And that's what I found when I started building these tools into my life was that it wasn't just my body that changed in my eating habits. It was the way I took care of myself overall, the way I talked to myself, the relationships and friendships and quality of friendships I cultivated. It was my work. It was the projects I was doing there was not one area of my life that wasn't vastly improved by building these skills. And I think that's so important because we're inundated with these 28 day challenges or these 90 day workout programs that are just working on that surface level, the physical, but the challenges we hold with food, our body, they're so often also mental, emotional, and spiritual challenges. And when we don't address those places, and outgrow those challenges instead of just trying to manage them with like hacks and systems and strategies, it's not going to be that lasting change we're looking for. Mm. I love that. And especially, I think people misconstrue what hacks are. If we think of hack, it's, it's just a strategy and it's a tool, but it has to be integrated into the bigger picture or it, and marketing is marketing. Like, so People are going to present that and they work. I think people forget like all the hacks work. It's just, if they're not integrated, it's not going to stick. So it's not going to matter. And I think there's a disconnect for a lot of people on that. It's part of like, that was one piece of this relationship. Do you want us to help put that whole thing together? 
And obviously where I see somebody like you is like, oh no, we're talking about the whole thing. We're going to have to use some practical pieces. Like, yeah, maybe we're going to be talking about what are you eating today? Mm-hmm. What is your mental and emotional kind of space right now? And we can call it spiritual people are ready to house that type of conversation. And again, it all is, if you actually look at it from like, I'm growing towards my purpose and what I'm caring about in this life. But having somebody, an outside force, an outside influence who can help see, as they say, you can't, you can't read the label on the bottle from within the bottle. It's, you have to, you have to step outside. Well, we can't physically step outside. We have connections to help us quote unquote, how's the conversation. Um, so I love what you're saying there. You're looking for a more enriching relationship with, with, with the people that you serve. You're just awesome. How does writing come into play nowadays for you? So that is a very, I just realized how much I say so when I talk. <laughs> I have something incredibly exciting and also scary coming up in the realm of writing. Mm. There is a book that I'm working with publishers to bring to the world very soon. We're aiming to have it done before the beginning of November. And this is a book I've wanted to write since 2017. And I talked to a writing mentor at the time in 2017 about it. And she said, who has to die for you to write that book? Whoa. That's like, I think the opening line in the prologue and it like always resonated with me. And I I said, I don't think anyone has to die. Fortunately, no one was harmed in the writing of this book. (laughs) But what I, but what I knew had to happen was I could not be employed in someone else's business, working under their brand. So the book is your body is not a weapon healing a fractured relationship with food, physique and sexuality. And it's basically been my entire emotional, physical, mental, spiritual journey through those areas in my life. And I talk about like the rock bottom, really dark moments of my life. And they were things that I could not talk about for a very long time because I shamed myself for things that if I it's interesting. We often shame ourselves for doing things where if we saw someone else who wasn't us, who did those things for our reasons, we wouldn't shame them. We would be like, we, I get it. It makes sense. But when we do it, it's a whole nother story. So I knew that this was going to be a very scary book to bring into the world. And it probably will open me up to some criticism, judgment, repel certain people. And I think that's something I'm trying to cultivate is this courage to be disliked by the people who are meant to dislike me. And I just knew like this book needed to be written when I was on my own doing my own thing because I did not want my past life choices to hurt someone else's brand. And now is the time where I'm like liberated from someone else's brand and business doing my own thing. Their business will not be harmed as a result of me bringing my fullest self-expression into the world. And I'm, and I'm writing it not for like the shock value because I know there's writers that do that. And that's not the point. The point is to tell these stories because I was able to learn these very powerful lessons from. And I really bring that back to the reader by asking them to see how this lands for them. And there's activations and journal questions so that they get to go on this journey for themselves. And you're awesome. You just keep getting more awesome every time you say something. Hmm. My reflection on what you were sharing there is I, I, I I'm writing my own book right now. Uh, can, uh, to, and like appreciate what you're talking about, this fear of like, huh, some people might not appreciate what's being put down here. It might repel them. In all things in business, I think that's actually a, a lifelong lesson. When you do your own thing, some people ain't gonna like it. It is what it is. But uh, from where I stand, I just appreciate the fact that you have the courage to go put your words down on paper 
and have your own, like, I'm going to operate my life on my own values. I also appreciate the consideration you said about, I didn't want this to affect somebody else because I didn't need it to like that, like took out the selfish child piece of it. Like, well, I still want to have all this protection and only the upside. Well, that's, that's not the way things go. Like to have growth, you have to let go of some of the safe security and that's what makes it so beautiful when it when it takes off. One thing that's helped me, and I'm just sharing this with you because obviously I'm only the person I'm talking to right now, but anybody else is listening, something that helped me, and this is a shout out to a friend of mine, his name's Eugene. <sighs> like the fifth day into my internship when I started came to Albany, um, we're sitting in the hallway, and I don't know how we got in this conversation, but all I remember is him saying this, you know. Love and hate are the same thing. They just come from different places. And I go, ew. Because the way that sticks with me is like, if you're getting a reaction, it means it meant something. Mm-hmm. And if it's coming from a place of hate, it means that they care. It might be that they're not in a place to receive it and they're going to reject it and they might have to go on their own journey. But now you gave them the impetus. You allowed them to sort themselves out on where they are on that journey. Some people might have like, I see what's going on. I'm not ready to fully buy in, but like I see and I understand. Let me pursue a little more. The rest of them be like, yo, I'm all in. And they're like, yeah, I resonate deeply. But that's that's everything because life is a spectrum. It's not, it's not either or. You will hear the loudest of both sides, but you're rarely going to pay attention to the fact that some people just like, oh, thanks. I just sorted myself out somewhere in the middle. I just happen to know who you are. Let me can, I've already been trying to connect on this kind of message. Let me keep listening. Let me keep paying attention. Let's see if this is still real. Does this person still care? And that's what I valued in and some what you're sharing there. And it's really, I think sharing your own life experiences, like if it helps one person, man, that's powerful. That's legacy that lives beyond you. And that's, that takes a lot of courage because not everybody does it. Not everybody's willing to put their thoughts down in a piece of paper and say, here world, do with it what you want. I'm okay anyway. I mean, they might not feel okay in the moment, but like, I'm okay anyway. And you're going to, move on from that feeling. You're just awesome. You're just awesome. And now in your coaching practice, when is somebody like, what is somebody typically struggling with when they come to you first? Like what's, what is the, what does the symptom present as typically? So what I have found is I tend to magnetize those women to me who are very driven. They're successful in their careers. They're able to keep a lot of balls in the air and it's health and fitness and eating stuff that is really derailing them mm. and it frustrates them because they know they're like a powerhouse and they know they can set achieve any goal they set their mind to except these ones mm. and there's a few reasons for that one is that they're living in these very 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 high stress states and they don't have the tools to regulate their emotions regulate their experiences without food they'll turn to the food or the drinking because a it, it does naturally calm a person down. Like if we eat enough food, our body has to go into rest and digest, right? And then B, oftentimes that's their only source of pleasure mm-hmm. because they haven't set up their entire life to be something that aligns with their values, their desires, the things that light them up. So those are some of the things that people come to me with. And then we work in a few ways. We work on getting them consistent in the right things with their health because there always are those tweaks that we can make that can help a person with their energy that can actually help with their mood even before we do the emotional intelligence work. But it's very specific to them because everyone is, it's, there's going to be nuances to everyone's journey with food and you cannot give a huge mass of people the same meal plan and recipe list and expect them all to, to thrive because everyone is so different. And that individualized attention and also honoring what is important for them. So one of the things I do is we go through a dynamic eating psychology and deep health audit, where we look at how they're eating in addition to what they're eating, and then also how they're doing all these parts of their life. And I will do like an audit. I'll make these recommendations. I'll tell them what they're doing well, because that needs to be celebrated. And then I'll share, these are the takeaways I had. These are some of the things that we could change. And then I asked them, so on a scale of one to 10, how much do you think that thing would change your life? 
and they give a rating from one to 10. And then I also ask on a scale of one to 10, how easy would it be to implement that into your everyday life? They give another number from one to 10. So then they have this rating scale, both of impact and ease. We pick the most like high value things from that rating. And it's really inviting them to be a participant in the coaching experience instead of just being told what to do. Because I do not believe that's the role of a coach. And being coached myself, I hate when people tell me what to do without inviting me into the conversation. So it's allowing people to step into their own power while giving recommendations that come from all my years of study and knowledge and all that thing. And then once we have that, then we start building in these really powerful skills as well as doing some energy work that's really going to help someone not just transform the surface level stuff, but really transform in their, like from their core. A couple of things that stuck out to me there and please like, um, I'd love for you to step in and help us define that. So what are people typically doing before you already mentioned, they probably already seen another coach or have gone through some other coaching program. A prior coaching program probably has been what so far to them and why did, and then also why didn't that work? Most of them, um, a lot of them are big on working out. I tend to like attract people who are a lot like me and I love working out and that's never been an issue. So my clients often really love working out. They can work out like crazy, sometimes too much, which I have been guilty of myself. And then it's the food stuff. So they've tried the rigid diets. They've tried the more of the eating guideline type of things where there's flexibility. They've tried the challenges. They have worked with other coaches who might help with the emotional eating, but more on the, on the surface level. And, it, and I think often in the coaching industry, there's this management approach. We have to manage your triggers. We have to manage your symptoms. We have to manage your cravings instead of what if you were to just outgrow your cravings, your triggers, all these things that once got in your way. What if you just became the person who that wasn't your first impulse or even your fifth impulse because you had these other tools in your tool belt to help you just go down a completely different path. You know what I liked what you said about that? What's that? Especially that, I'm so long, I'm writing it down because I'm going to make sure that becomes a clip. The managing the symptoms piece. Manage, 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 manage. Like, here's one more thing I have. To, you just like, especially, especially talking about women, I'm going to go on a limb and say a lot of them are going to be high performing, like moms, that kind of person. Mm-hmm. They already got enough things to manage. Yeah. Great. Go add 95 other things that they need to be looking out for as threats to their life and their ex- like deep down it's an existential threat, whether they'll acknowledge it on the surface or not. But if they're in that flight or flight mode, chronic, chronic stress, that's what's going on. Manage, 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 manage. Like <laughs> even me just saying it, you and I've already just acknowledged, you said it earlier, like, I don't want somebody to control me and like put me in a box, more or less. I paraphrased a bit. I know for sure I don't want to be put in a box. There's a very chosen few who can help frame some things for me, but it's because there's, as you talked about before, inviting into the conversation, very, very different tone. So I really liked that. Like what I heard is a lot of them are rigid. This is more discovery and open and empowering. So more taking away boxes and control giving more empowerment and less managing more moving on from and letting go which i don't know about you but i know how i feel when i don't have i have less things to worry about like oh my god what would i do with my day if i didn't have that elephant or gorilla what is it a gorilla hanging on my shoulder or something carrying around 800 pound gorilla or something i think that's the expression i don't remember it's one of those things yeah wow wow i think that's really And I think what's important is like the result might look the same for people, but how you get there is very different. And I, I just, that's why I wanted to ask that. So anybody can hear what are the subtleties and the difference ones an ask versus a tell. And 
obviously in your experience is far more sustainable usually you don't go back to the same shit that you had before <laughs> like what's the point if you already invested if you're just going to go back to like square one you might as well just like not do it in the first place which i gotta imagine you see a lot of people don't even start because they're like well i'm just going to start another thing and it's not going to work well probably because you knew already you're going to go down the same path because it's the same strategy might have a different packaging different marketing strategy but is the conversation any different if it's not what are we doing so no, I really appreciated that. So Caleb, somebody is listening to this and they're like, I agree with Caleb. She's the bomb.com. I want to be around her. I want to let go of some of these extra burdens. And oh, by the way, feel better in my body, lose the weight, all the other things. Like the, the bonus is you lose the weight, but you feel better in your head, mind, your body, and your spirit. What'd be the best way for somebody to connect with you? I am on all these social medias at Kayla Van Egdom. I am so late to the Instagram train, so I do more on Facebook in all honesty. Um, I do have a podcast. Um, you've been on my podcast once upon a time. It was awesome. It was my longest episode ever. Uh, <laughs> Not <that's> surprising. Called- <laughs> <laughs> and that is called Slay and Thrive, Transforming Your Body and Mind Through Spiritual Growth. And then I have a Facebook community that I am nurturing as well that's um, connected to the podcast. So that's Slay and Thrive. I think it's like emotional eating support and weight loss, the spiritual way, something like that. Um, That's on Facebook also. And yeah, those are the ways you can find me, connect and all that jazz. You're awesome. Well, I'm going to make sure all those things, by the time this airs, you're probably going to be on Instagram more anyway. So whatevs. Um, <laughs> this will be, I think this is for recording right now. It's going to probably be January-ish. So right in time for when people like, I'm tired of all this extra thing and I want to actually have a good 2023. How about that? Mm-hmm. Um, I'll make sure all those things are there so people know how to connect with you. Kayla, you're just, you're just a good person. You have a good soul. I can't wait till I meet you in person. I can't wait to see you, you, you and, and perhaps you'll be married by then and I'll give hubs a, a hug too. I can't wait to just give you both like a big bear hug. Or maybe I'll just like invite you to my wedding. Since <gasps> it's such an integral part of the process. If you want to come to Chilliwack, you know. Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah, I Hiking out here is amazing. <laughs> my wife likes hiking. Yeah, I'll come. I'll come. Perfect. That'll be, oh man. Oh, I just got a wedding <laughs> invite on the interwebs. This is great. <laughs> That makes me super hyped, actually. Um, I've had a few. It's so interesting. I think people don't understand like the power of community and like what coaching can do. Once you're into a group, like in my first Albany location, there's a lot of marriages that had came come through it. My relationship came through the gym. Like people forget about when you want to build relationships, not just not just intimate sexual relationships. We're gonna call it that. When you want to build relationships, go do the things you love in a community that houses the values you love. Because naturally, the person you want to be around is going to just be there. And it was what you're talking about with with how you and your fiance got together. He just went for a hike and he was a client. You happen to care about growth. You happen to take the next leap together. and But you had to be in the space first and not enough people think about what one decision, hey, if you want to go solve this problem, we'll call it their health problem with you. You never know who that person's connected to, who might be whatever. And I think hopefully somebody can hear all this stuff and can say like, hey, the, the next phase of my life is just waiting if I look behind this door and connect with the right person. You talked about right before, it's less about tactics and strategies. It's more about who and the relationship. And <laughs> you're a singing example of that. So you're just amazing. Thank you for being that. Before we go, what would, what's any final thoughts you'd like to share with the audience? Uh, subscribe, like, give Caleb a rating on his podcast. Although that's really hard to do. Like if you don't have an iPhone and aren't on iTunes, I've tried to give my favorite podcast reviews and I cannot for the life of me figure out how to do it with my stupid Android. So if you can do that. Um, and then thanks for the plug <laughs> oh, always and then my biggest thing that has like changed my life is instead of looking at like the challenges that you're having listener I'm gonna talk to you like you're here 
instead of looking at like your stuff, like it's problems to be solved, look at it as like you're on a hero or heroine's journey. And these are just the obstacles and the dragons you get to slay to get to Olympus or wherever it is you want to go. <laughs> Kayla, I'm deeply grateful that you've come into my life. Thank you for sharing those words. Remember listeners, go and just go connect with Kayla. If nothing else, just go join her group, connect wherever she is, go be around her. Her warmth and her kindness is infectious. That's why I'm so grateful for you coming. I just feel better every time I talk to you. Um, so go connect. Thank you for being you. Looking forward. To, I can't wait to be there wedding on the wedding day. Like it's gonna be great. Um, you're just a blasty blast. Everybody else, go connect. Thank you for listening. I, there was tons of nuggets today. Just meditate on all those thoughts. That's all we got for today. Thank you for listening. And until next time, I remind you to love everybody.